You gotta remember me, Sad Jr., and Gibbs did a tournament. And that stream pulls like 27,000 viewers. God, dude. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Outside the Grind. This time we have the legendary Mountain Kronovi with us today. Crow, how are you feeling this afternoon? Howdy, howdy. I'm doing good. I'm excited. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, first, I just want to say thank you for joining me for this. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We were just talking before we got on here about um, Gold Rush and how, you know, we had some time there to just, I don't know, get to know each other a little bit better rather than... There's only so much you can do over social media, right? Or even just right. like... Even when you do, you know, build a good relationship with someone um, through social platforms, it's not, this is one thing I've talked about with a few others. It's just a challenge in the online digital space that you don't face in the real world where it's like, you don't have a lot of organic opportunities to sit and talk with someone. Some things that I've referenced in the past is like, when you, we regularly pass one another on Twitch, Twitter, wherever, Discord, wherever, an, an event here and there. But if that was the gym or the library or, you know, like, I don't know, like the supplements shop, if we were big into that, you know, it's very normal to like sit and strike up a conversation and then end up, you know, going to get drinks, whatever. Yeah. It's so not normal in the online world to just be like, yo, want to hop in a discord call and just hang out for a little bit? <laughs> just feels yeah, so it awkward. Yeah, it feels like almost like aggressive. Like, it's yeah. like you know, you don't want to intrude on them. Yeah. Lots of people are. I me myself, I'm I'm a bit introverted, mm -hmm. but I still get a lot of fun out of like socializing, which is really backwards sometimes. Yeah, but a lot of people's personality just also just doesn't come through via mm -hmm. social media. Like, I I'm very guilty of this. I come off as very intimidating. People tell me. Yeah. Whenever I'm typing to them, or <laughs> I'm I'm very distanced on social media, or really yeah. just in general with DMs and things. Mm -hmm. uh, but in person. I'm way different whenever yeah. I'm at, a, at like a land with people. Um, I'm very outgoing. I love seeing everybody. People can, you know, I can type instead of like typing something and yeah. trying to like really let them know that I'm smiling. Instead in person, I can just have a big smile on my face and they know <laughs> yeah. I'm having a good time. I appreciate their company. Yeah. It's all good. I'm very much a gestures person as well. Sure. And I, I can't, like I can use emojis. Like is that <laughs> gesturing? I don't know. It's not really going to work. Yeah. No, a, lost, uh, a lot does get lost. Um, like body language and whatnot, like you're describing through text. Um, and, and like, I, you know, like I was mentioning before, it's just, it's just different. It just feels different in, in the digital space, in the online space. But that was a big motivating factor in me wanting to start this up because I really enjoy getting to know people. Some of these occasions like the first land, um, the first land back like uh, LA, that was mm -hmm. a ton of fun. Um, the gold rush opportunity was so incredible. That was like extra fun to me because when you go to LA or at Worlds, you know, I, there's not there's not really time or space to get to sit and talk to you or get to sit and talk to Rizzo or Nito or Athena because everyone's just running around trying to do whatever it is that they got planned or they're talking to other people, um, you know, they're 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 meeting people from the stream from YouTube wherever, and so the Gold Rush event was like so awesome because it was just us. And we had so much time to sit and hang out and have like real genuine conversations about things. And man, it was just, it was so incredible. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was like one of the most fun events I went to, yeah. even though it wasn't as big as, because I, I went to all the lands that existed that year because it was the first year we had lands back. So I was really excited to go. Yeah. And there were huge, big events, really exciting, but I probably made the most memories and had the most fun just chatting with people. 
at that gold rush because i mean it was it was not that many of us mm -hmm. and we actually had free time but yeah. it, you know yeah, it, was, it was like a studio event it's not like we had extra work to do you know so like interacting with with fans and going out and doing things and, and right. having to be more public facing it felt very very private and that's really where you get to yeah talk with your peers um catch up for me it was a great opportunity to catch up with a lot of people and then really get to know some of the newer faces because i think that was one of the first times I really got to, you know, get get to know who you were, yeah. what what your values were with Rocket League, really spend some time talking with you other than like a, oh, hey, how are you enjoying like LAN, which yeah. is how so many conversations have to go because you're so busy. It's That's like, right. oh, great to see you. You chat for five minutes and then you, you see them like a day later and then you mm -hmm. message him. Oh, yeah, Worlds was so much fun. It was so great to meet you. And then you yeah. don't talk for six months. Yeah. And it was probably really, uh, it was probably a really cool experience for you because Gold Rush has obviously... Um, evolved quite a bit and you were there oh, yeah. from the very beginning when it was more of a pro competitive 1v1 thing and then it kind of shifted into a content thing um, so I bet that was really cool um, yeah but it still always kept that really that close tight-knit yeah um, but you had some you had some free time so it, it was still like I remember the first two gold rushes it was just an opportunity for me to really chat with my peers who were players at the time because it was very player oriented mm -hmm. and when it became more content oriented it it's still kind of I'm really glad it did because the spirit of Gold Rush ne needs to stay that way. Yeah. Um, it's it's just really the opportunity to get to know people better and for people to really be them. It, it allows people to be themselves yeah. a lot more and let that type of content come through. I think everybody's personality really shined mm -hmm. through their team and whenever they had a, a chance on the broadcast or you know they're on the couch talking uh, after a win or yeah. between matches and the casters as well. They could really have fun oh, there were so many funny <laughs> moments that yeah. i think don't happen if people can't just feel comfortable being natural being normal like they're not worried about if they're going to be judged or oh people are going to expect me to act a certain way because of the way i talk on twitter yeah versus i just want to be me and, and have fun and enjoy rocket league with everyone yeah so this is called outside the grind and i told you beforehand that we uh, you know while rocket league and, and the career stuff is not off limits the focus of it is to get to know you a little bit more, but I feel like you are such a unique individual regarding Rocket League where, I mean, the nickname, the mountain, you know, like that is, it's crazy to be such a pivotal, critical piece of, you know, the esport and, and, and what it is now so early on. And so I do want to hear a little bit about, and we'll tie this back into some of the things before this all exploded, but talk to me a little bit about how you got into SARP, that chapter, and then how that kind of transitioned into Rocket League, and then obviously the explosion of the game, RLCS, competitive play, et cetera. So walk me down that timeline a little bit, and then once we get through that, we'll go ahead and, and get back to the, the more personal stuff. Get, get to the more of the life outside the grind. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're entering the era, the era where there, there just is no life outside the grind. Like actually no life. <laughs> it was life. just grind. That was, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Every single game that would come out. I think I started, I really got into gaming ever since i was like five or six yeah. really young my first console was like a ps2 i believe uh but i was playing spyro 2 on it which is a ps1 game yeah i didn't have a memory card so i would just play the first few levels of spyro 2 like every day and i like <laughs> would, i basically speed run like the first few levels and eventually i just left the ps2 on yeah for like a week and yeah. like 100 percent of the game that was like my first really like grind of a game and i just did it for the satisfaction of doing it um crazy it, how far games have come right like memory oh, card yeah. what is that <laughs> yeah someone's gonna be like uh, it's, it's like a it's like a floppy disk but you know it's like that big and it's like, yeah. what? 
it held eight gigabytes or eight something maybe yeah. not even i can't even remember anymore yeah it was so long ago but that was like my first intro into just gaming and i was absolutely hooked couldn't keep me away from a screen uh, my parents had to be very strict with me Did um they? yeah like no mobile device i know every kid nowadays is like oh ipad kid right um i did not have a phone with a touch screen until like eighth grade or something. Yeah. Um, which at the time, I guess, to be fair, for, for some of my age, I'm, I'm 25. Mm -hmm. That's maybe a little early because the iPhone had come out when I was like in fifth grade, something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. But my parents were very cautious of me having a lot of screen time because I was already becoming susceptible to that no life. Sure. I love a game. I love a concept. I'm absolutely enveloped in it. It's all I want to talk about. I'm I'm that gamer kid at school that's really weird, that <laughs> isn't into sports for some reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I was spiraling down that way, and you know, it, it's fine. You learn from it. Yeah. Um. I would never. I would never change it. I would never go back and change who I, who I was. I was very passionate. But all of this is so. Uh, eventually, because I started on a PS2, naturally I went to a PS3, and SARP, the game before Rocket League made by psionics came out in to late 2008 early 2009 for the ps3 and i only found out about it because i would download demos i i had an okay. allowance yeah. but i wouldn't i wouldn't want to spend too much on a game yeah. and if i did buy a game it was like crash bandicoot or something that was like yeah. i loved that series um so i would download demos all the time and i would play like every single demo in the store and i remember playing like racing games i'd play like puzzle games yeah and this supersonic acrobatic rocket power battle cards was on there i was like what is this um at the time i think i was in middle school and i was i was into sports my parents tried to keep me active they said you had to do something so i did martial arts and did soccer in high school i switched to football so I, I was doing something yeah um but soccer was my thing at the time and i was like oh this is soccer with cars and so i downloaded the demo and immediately in the tutorial instead of it just being that terrible everyone's probably seen the old school footage of, of like a car just stuck to the ground it's, it's very like it. if you were just pushing a giant inflatable ball in uh -huh. a real car it's it's terrible it, it just doesn't work it's not fun no one right. likes those uh in the tutorial the, the car jumps in the air and starts flying around like a like a fallen rocket and immediately <laughs> i still remember as a kid my jaw just hits the floor there's no one in the room and i have like visible shock on my face i cannot I contain it i'm like oh my god <laughs> Fake the cars can fly. Yeah. And I like freaked out. And so I would play the demo. You got to play a minute and a half against easy bots. Mm -hmm. And then they would say, please buy the game, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you could just close the app on the PS3, reopen it, and just go back into a match. <laughs> so I would, I would wait until like a minute, 29 seconds, and then close it quickly. So I didn't get stuck with them trying to sell me the game. Right, right. And this is like a $15 game. This isn't even like that expensive. Um, and eventually I'm like, mom, my allowance is coming up. Can I just, can I just get the game? Like, yeah. a, like a day early, like it's Thursday and my allowance is on Friday. I got maybe like 10 bucks of allowance or something. And I'd saved up like a week extra. And she's like, yeah, go ahead. And then I proceeded to not make any friends for like three years because all I would do is come home. I do my homework on the bus so that I could get home and immediately I'm in front of the TV. Yeah. And I am just playing. I'm watching YouTube videos. There's these really amazing people, um, like uh, Show Kids uh, montages. Everyone knows Fisho. He's um, been around since forever. He's the one that edited the beta montage that went viral. That's what put me on the map. Yeah. Um, reading forum posts from Gibbs back in the day. 
Gibbs was somebody I looked up to yeah. in the SARP community because he came before me. I didn't start playing until like 2011 or something or 2000, 2008, 2009. Came out in 2008. I started playing in like 2010, 2011. And he had yeah. been playing in like 2009. So he was like a legend to me. There were all these old, old players, a year older than me, that were <laughs> yeah. legends that had stopped playing because the game had pretty much died. Yeah. Um, it had, the, the player base for this game was really, really, really small. And I just, I just absolutely loved it. And I, I would play against people that were much better than me, and I'd get absolutely stomped, like 6-1, 7-1. It was yeah. bad. Um, before Brazil memes existed, that didn't happen until, what, 2014? So I'm losing 7-1 and no one's even thinking, oh, Brazil, like that, that was history. That hadn't happened yet. Right. I was like, man, I'm just getting, I'm losing horribly. This is bad. <laughs> but I would just, I don't know, I would get beat horribly and I would still want to play. And I think a lot of it was like, I liked the flashiness. I liked the skill expression. Yeah, yeah. The mechanics, even though mechanics don't really exist back then. Um, if you really want to see what I thought was a cool goal, if you go all the way back, if you sort my videos by oldest on my channel, which is don't do it, please. It's really embarrassing for me. I shouldn't <laughs> have told you to do that. But there are some really terrible, like just wide open net, simple aerials that at the time were so cool. And I think it stems all the way back from like enjoying trick shotting and Call yeah. of Duty, which I'm sure everybody wanted to be in phase ill cams back in the day, land the 720 suicide shot off of right. uh high rise you know crate stall that so i wanted to be a trick shot on call of duty for so long and i don't know i was okay i was all right but i never had any like recording software or anything i couldn't convince my parents to pay for a very premium um capture card because at the time like elgato wasn't around you know now now everybody's got like a 60 dollar capture card uh -huh. so i was like okay well rock league actually had, was ahead of its time or SARP was ahead of its time, had a built-in YouTube uh, upload. You could record from inside of a replay, and it would post directly to YouTube. Mm. And that was how I was getting my clips out there. And that just became six years of absolute love for a game. You know, I ended up spending so much time, I became a very good player. And eventually Sonic said, hey, we're going to make we're gonna make a sequel, and eventually it's going to happen. It might take us a year or two, and we didn't hear anything for a long time from them because yeah. they were just kind of head down on the grind, putting the work in. And when they announced, hey, everyone that plays the game right now, uh, we're going to put an alpha for this game that we're calling Rocket League, and we want you to try it out. And I tested it as much as I could. I played every single window that was available. I put in so many hours. I think when the beta builds were finally coming out and I was, I was testing those, I launched rocket league for the first time and it was actually officially live. And I left a review saying that yeah. the game's all right is what I said, but it was at the time my review said that, but I, the game had just released and I had like 350 hours logged on steam. <laughs> yeah. So, so I say the game's all right. And I've way too many hours with mathematically doesn't make sense. And everyone's like, it's so confused. Um, that review got a lot of attention at the beginning, but Funny. It, it really, a lot of it just stemmed from being into gaming as a kid. Yeah. very obsessive over maybe a few genres of games and for some reason this this game just it played to every single one of my my likes yeah and it was it was really one of a kind game um i wanted to convince everybody to try to play it but the name was so bad it's like trying to tell your right. friends to download supersonic acrobatic rocker power battle cars and they just <laughs> kind of look at you and you're like Okay, I'm just gonna close my locker and I'm gonna go to math class now. Um, you didn't hear that. Definitely not a very good name. Rocket League was quite the upgrade 
So when Rocket League drops, I imagine that some of your hardcore SARP community folks were really pumped. So talk to me a little bit about that from the you know introduction of the second version, which is Rocket League. And obviously there was kind of a um, like a buffer period between when the game dropped and when like official competition began. So talk to me a little bit about that, and then I promise we'll get off this stuff. Yeah, all good. Yeah, I'm kind of rambling too. I don't know. This is very no, no. You're good. For me. This is I don't. I don't get to talk about. Dude, I'm telling you, a lot of people, a lot of people are gonna be listening to this, just like tuned in because this is all. The thing is, the game is so much larger now, and there's so many people that came with that free to play wave. I mean, I know this. You know, as a as a more recent creator um, that talks about Rocket League esports, there are so many people that don't even know things like Cloud9, G2, NRG era, right? Big three, like, and that's not even. You know, that's way down the line from what you're talking about. So I promise mm -hmm. this stuff right here, people are like, they're super interested. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll continue down the timeline a little bit. Um, you know, game released in 2015, and we didn't even get season one RLCS, you know, where, where my namesake was born um, until a year later, like 2016. So 2015, game comes out. For some reason, I think I just been, I've been watching a lot of Twitch at the time. Twitch was kind of brand new. Yeah. Um, in like I, I started watching like in 2009, and they had just rebranded from Justin TV to Twitch yeah. TV in like 2000, late 2008. So I started watching Twitch. I'm watching for like other games content, really. Um, I'm I'm just I, I like games. I like playing games, and I I find out I like watching other people play games. I'm on Twitch, and so one day Rocket League, I like Rocket League's been released in two weeks, and I normally just post clips. Um. For fun for me to show my friends i don't expect these to be getting views and i i posted more on my youtube in the sarp days yeah. than i probably have ever in the rocket league era even though you know financially it would make sense to be posting youtube content i was just so passionate as a kid about like getting to watch back an aerial that i did like a yeah. year ago and it has five views but for some reason i was like okay well in the beta i'm gonna ask somebody um just edit together a little thing for me however they want to do it um i was honestly just terrible at using video software yeah. and i they didn't have to be a good montage the music didn't have to sync up with everything but um fisha is just a legend and right. he did so many amazing things for our community he was like okay yeah sure i'll i'll put i'll put up a banger and he gave it to me i just put it on my channel and like a week before the game releases it's got like a million views it, it's getting <laughs> it's getting posted to like top of reddit it's getting posted everywhere and I'm going, oh my God, <laughs> I was, I was absolutely blown away. I wasn't prepared for that. So I said, yeah. okay, well maybe I should try to capitalize on it a little bit. Rocket League had come out over the summer, uh, where I graduated high school and I was already accepted to college. I was already going to Kansas State University for computer science. So for me, it wasn't like suddenly this whole other train track just opened up next to me. Like, Hey, you want to do this? Yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to just switch to tracks like this. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try it. I'll see if I can do both. So I started streaming the day the game released. Yeah. I made a Twitter account, uh, renamed my YouTube as soon as I could figure out how to. Because at the time, it was just uh, Steve Bills, which was the name that um, I had gone by and start for so long. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, everything just kind of blew up. I started streaming day one. It's like about 50 viewers. I'm like, okay, that's, that's crazy for day one. And then day two, it's 300. And then, day, and then it's, it just keeps going and going and going. And... At the peak of in like 2015, really early Rocket League, I remember me, Sad Jr., and Gibbs did a tournament in ESL monthly. 
yeah. for $75, meaning if you win, you take home 25 bucks. That's crazy, right? That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's at least like four trips to McDonald's. Um, and that stream being streamed through the in-game app or yeah. like the in-console app of a PS4 at like terrible bit rate pulls like 27,000 viewers. God, dude. And at that age at Twitch, that's crazy. Yeah, it, it was, I've never even gotten close to like, I peaked so early and just <laughs> never, I, I will never get back there. Right. I, I, it's not possible and I'm okay with that. But that was really eye-opening for me. It was to go, wow, there yeah. is this game I've been playing for six years that I've tried to convince people, hey, this concept, soccer with cars, I know it sounds dumb and it's been made dumb before, but it works. So these guys at Psionics, they got it right. And what made me go to college for computer game design and development was I was very inspired by the developers at Sionics. I yeah. said, I want to complete this circle of making a game that gives somebody years and years and years of, of passionate fun yeah. and, and really provide that for somebody else because it was provided for me. And you know, maybe, maybe one day I get to work there or something that would be cool, it'd be a dream yeah. come true. And now I actually do get to just play the game that they made instead, which is a lot easier, no more studying. <laughs> But to see the game blow up like that really made me happy because it was like all this validation of telling people this is cool. And everyone's like, no, it's not cool. And now suddenly there's, there's thousands and thousands of people watching the Rocket League category. All these big streamers had jumped in on it as well. I mean, nowadays it's like, it's very exciting news when, um, you know, XQC is streaming Rocket League. Yeah. Um, and it's just coming up a lot more. Actually, funny little tangent. You know, you're scrolling through TikTok and you get those videos where it's like somebody talking about something, subway surfers, you know, uh, yeah, GTA yeah. obstacle course. There's like four <laughs> different things going on because everyone's attention span is terrible. Uh -huh. I saw that, but it was a Rocket League clip. It was just somebody in training. And I went, oh my God, we're doing it. Yeah. We're, we're finally mainstream. <laughs> We've made it into the TikTok ADHD, like ha cut half of the screen. That's so funny. It is satisfying to watch when you got somebody that can really control that car. Um... Man, that is so crazy. I bet it is just a very surreal feeling to have been there so early on and, and see what it is now and, you know, how it's a truly global game. You know, you've got competitors from all over the world. Yeah. And, um, I mean, wow. I mean, I'm sitting it here and I, I feel kind of emotional and, you know, you, you've been telling the story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's really a trip down memory lane, but I'm still, it, it peaked really hard really early because yeah. it had gotten like 4 million downloads off of PlayStation Plus, which was, um, I don't know if they still, still even do it anymore. I don't know. I haven't been on my console in forever, but it was like everyone could play Rocket League for free. It was basically free to play Rocket League for right. the first month, and that made so many people try it. And it, it tapered off a little bit, but there was still so much residual demand and such a strong player base that when 2016 rolled around, um, Sionic said, okay, we're going to make the RLCS. We're going to actually host a pro circuit because um, community events have been going on since forever, um, like Rocket Royale, um, so so many community-hosted events. Yeah. Um, and, and there was really good competition. And at the time, it was like really the only regions that RLCS could support was North America and Europe. Yep. Um, so they, they, they did a two-split format season one. Um, our team does very good. In season one and uh, split one but split two we kind of have a rough time and so we go into the world championship as the third seed which is really strange and we happen to match up against the second seed who are arguably 
the best team in Europe and they just kind of choke their seed like we did. Yeah. Um, but we end up overcoming the odds. Uh, we had a substitute who played out of his mind and practiced out of his mind. Um, the legendary over zero. And so me and Latch become champs and that's, that's season one. And then from there, it's like, you know, you, if, as long as you know, they're all CS seasons, you're good. You go down Lycopedia season yeah. one, two, three, four, all the way. And it's really that era lasts up until like when the RLCSX kind of online era begins, free yeah. to play enters. And that to me is where like the chapters are. It's like yeah. the, the release to 2015, the beginning of RLCS, and then the slow gradual improvement of players and talent and um, production as well. There's so much like good content that had to evolve um, to really hype up these players. And now the players have such good help with their content that they can be the best and they can also do the best content. It, yeah. It's crazy how much good support there is for players now that want to be in front of the spotlight and they can handle that spotlight so much better than players that, especially even like me back in the day, I think if you were to go back in time, like the way I handled the spotlight, it was just, I missed so many opportunities when I watched, you know, the way like Vitality all handled the spotlight at the most recent major. Like it was incredible yeah. the, the way that they captured everything. And it was almost like they did it effortlessly. I was almost yeah. jealous. Like, man, why, why couldn't I have been that smart? <laughs> why, why didn't I do that in season yeah. one? I messed up. <laughs> um, as part of the journey though, like I think, um, and, and I'm not even talking about like individuals, but just like without, I mean, these players now, and it's the same way with like playing Rocket League, but they have so much like they have so much experience in watching what you did. You know what I mean? Like they watched and they saw how it went and then they watched the Muffin Men and Cloud9 and yeah. then they watched NRG and Turbo and now they see all of that and they take all of that information and then they have, you know, without having to go through those failures, or, you know, however you want to, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, without having to go through those experiences, they get to, you know, assimilate that knowledge, basically. And it's the same thing, like, you know, the pro, like, when you first started, we, we, didn't, we didn't wave dash, right? Like, we didn't, like, Dude, half we, like, barely, I, like, half flipped for the first time, like, on land, like, <laughs> on stage. Like, that was the first time I was like, oh, I'm going to half flip and do something good with this. Like, it was so bad. <laughs> but, like, now, somebody picks up the controller for the first time, and that's an established mechanic that they know exists and they'll learn it probably like in the first month. Whereas, you know, you guys in the first, you know, the first iteration of pros were already professional before learning about half flipping and wave dashing and, you know, flip resetting didn't exist at the time. And, you know, directional air roll wasn't even an option on console. You know, you had to be on a computer to get it. It was just, a, you know, the players whether it's like the professional scene or actually just playing the game or even creators, you know, a different angle like me, I've gotten to see so many people do different things and I, I pick and choose what I like and what I didn't like. And so, you know, the folks that come later, we get that like exclusive or we get that extra advantage of having seen everything play out in front of us. So you and, and what you've gone through, your experiences, um, both your successes and shortcomings have provided a lot of information and, um, you know, have helped these players nowadays. And, I, and I'm certain that there are plenty that were inspired by what you were doing early on. Um, there's, it's funny because yeah. it's, it's actually a Lachino montage, but you're in it plenty. And it was this montage, and I'll never forget it. It was made by a guy named Mr. Madpie24. And 
Like, it was just that moment you described earlier where your jaw hit the floor. That's how, like, I didn't realize the car could do that. I didn't realize you could do that with the ball. I didn't realize you and a teammate could, like, collaborate that in that way. It was so incredibly impressive. I'll send it to you once we get done here. But there was just so many plays in there where it was just like, dang. This game, yeah, there's levels to this. <laughs> I know people are definitely still getting excited about montages in the current era for that as mm -hmm. well, except the level is just oh. so much farther beyond comprehension where yeah. even I watch now and I'm going, that's that's ridiculous. I don't think <laughs> I would ever, I don't think I could ever do that. And I'm, I've, I've gotten to see the game evolve. I, I've, I've hopefully gotten to contribute to in, in a helpful Absolutely. way to it evolving, but watching it grow step by step. Um, and I'm really showing my age here for that. Um, it's it's just been exciting, and I've been very proud of of everybody. Um, I've been very, I've always been super grateful of all, all the support I got to be like, kind of felt like I got pushed to the front, and everyone's like, stay there, stay there for a bit. And eventually, I was there, so I was like, okay, like you can you can okay, like move over. It's other it's time. It's other people's time. Your era is over. Like the, yeah. the book is the chapter's too long. Like come on, it's got to it's, it's got to end somewhere. Yeah. Um. So now. I have all this free time because I'm retired. I'm chilling. Um, I still get to, I still play a decent amount of Rocket League. I'm on 70 hours past two right now. You know, I'm grinding for some upcoming stuff. Um, I did hit an unfortunate bit of Rocket League burnout earlier in the year, but yeah. I'm good now. Um, I still pay attention to everything that's going on. I go to all the events. I mean, I'll be, I'll be at Worlds this year. So I'm still very invested personally. I'm very passionate about Rocket League. Yeah. Um, I would never, ever want to like leave this community that everybody built i've always want to be a part of it but i don't have to worry about spending like eight hours a day playing practicing because i have a match on the weekend anymore and all that stress yeah. is just gone now and hopefully you are enjoying your time off all right so we had a big chunk there and like Man. i said I, I i like to avoid that stuff but i feel like you are a, a very special and unique character regarding rocket league and rocket league esports so i'm so thankful um or, or grateful that you were willing to take us down that road so let's rewind a little bit. You talked about gaming from five and six, and you talked about a little bit uh, of uh, you know childhood, but a lot of it was surrounding that SARP. So what are some other games that you remember uh, playing growing up outside of SARP? And I think you mentioned Spyro. Yeah, Spyro was the first one. That was a big one. That led into Crash Bandicoot. Okay. And a lot of those, like even the spinoffs, like, like Crash Team Racing. Yeah. Um, I think the sequel to that one as well. Um, it's funny. It, a lot of the games that I liked were very platformery. And nowadays, I hate platformers. I cannot stand yeah. side-scrolling platformers. I get so bored. Um, there's very few that I really enjoy. Um, you know, the games like maybe like uh, Rogue Legacy and uh, like maybe Hollow Knight or something. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to say those games are bad. I will get attacked. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> but as a kid, I, I was really into the the, the side scroller platform. Um, I never, you know, I bet if I had a a, a GameCube, well, I, I did have a GameCube. Um, I just never played Mario for whatever reason. I don't know what was wrong with me. Um, I did have a GameCube, and I would play like Pikmin. Oh my god, I love Pikmin. Um, I think what maybe get a GameCube was uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee, because that was very competitive. Um, oh yeah, that was around the time you know the the pro scene for for Melee is really old. Yeah, and so there was still a lot going on. People were very good, uh, but it was it was kind of like melee. Honestly, is very comparable to Rocket League in my opinion. The way it yeah. kind of grew up, the way how mechanically difficult it is, and how at the beginning mm -hmm. what was considered difficult is just 
every day for people now yeah but the game just kind of stays the same for like a decade right nothing really changes but people solve it more and more and more step by step and that skill ceiling gets higher and higher and higher and i mean to see it now to watch it now is just like watching it's like watching art you know you you take the footage 10 years back and everyone's like yeah computer's playing this there's no way a human is doing that and it's like okay we'll just listen to the audio and it's just controller noises nonstop. (laughs) but melee was always a really fun thing to watch and so that pikmin trying to think when i got a ps3 that was like you know i think the first game i I played was like star wars and burnout that's right the burnout series that's where my love for cars happened um burnout takedown burnout paradise um my grandfather was really really into gaming and whenever i was at home over the summer um and i was like i was like homeschooled up until like third grade yeah. So my uh, my grandparents would uh, look after me and my sister. They would kind of just babysit. And my grandfather was a gamer through and through. Um, he'd play like Gran Turismo. Yeah. He had like a steering wheel set up. He, he like built his own full rig and everything. That's sick. And I would just sit there and watch. I would sit on the couch and just watch him play. Yeah. Um, occasionally he would play other games that may or may not have been E-rated. And my parents were very by the book with the rating thing. So yeah. I didn't get to play a T-rated game until I was actually 13. And I didn't play an M-rated game until I turned like 15, 16. And eventually my parents were like, no, okay, you're not going to, you're not going to turn out to be like, they were going to be like a psycho <laughs> or something if I, yeah. if I played a game too early, you know? That's funny. Very strict. But yeah, I really think I get my gaming... At a young age from my grandfather yeah um because he was he was really into it he's always been into it and i, I would help him if he had problems with a level or something yeah whatever he, he'd hand me the control like how about you give it a go That's and funny. i if, if i beat the level you know he'd, he'd be happy for me but you know i felt like i was helping him achieve something yeah because maybe he just didn't have the mechanics <laughs> um you know this this the six-year-old mechanics the right, reaction right. time a lot better than the like 60 year old yeah. mechanics in reaction time Dude, um, so um awesome memories there so i i had consoles growing up i didn't i was never really big into games um i was just so consumed with sports but funny enough mm-hmm. my grandfather was also a gamer he had oh, no way yeah he had the original super nintendo um or or i think it's called nes right nintendo entertainment yeah. system yeah so he had that um and he liked he had ninja turtles he had the classic duck hunt he mm-hmm. had um some mario games of course and, but the game that he played the most, and I'll, I'll remember this forever, he loved Monopoly. <laughs> he would just Monopoly. play. He would get on there and play Monopoly for hours, dude. It was so funny. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of like when, you know, turn on TV and it's Wheel of Fortune, you know, but yes. it's turn on the NES and it's Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. So would you like, did you ever end up like playing a game of Monopoly with them? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we... we um we would definitely go over there and play some Monopoly. I love playing Duck Hunt. Like having, you know, I think for me, when I was younger, what a video game required of you was some form of patience and stillness. And I had neither of those. I was just bouncing off the walls all the time. And so I think Duck Hunt worked for me because I had like a gun and could like wiggle and move. You know what I mean? Um, Because, yeah, I just had like an abundance of energy too much energy and like yeah, you said, couldn't it, contain it you needed something to, to focus it's actually, all that energy now that we're saying it though because like like i said i had consoles they were more than anything it was just glorified dvd player you know i, I i'm not saying i didn't have games but i just did never play them 
But the other game that I played a lot was Guitar Hero, which is another, you know, yeah. movement style thing. So we might be onto something here. But Rocket League, when I got older, you know, my friends introduced it, it to me in college. And we we were on, I didn't have a console. My friends had Xbox. And we that's the first time we played in 2016. And I think the reason it grabbed me is because it's it's so sport-like. You know, it's not an emulation like FIFA or NBA 2K or something where you hit shoot, you hit pass, right? It's not like that. You genuinely are controlling the movement of the car, and then that is what equals a pass or a shot. So I think that was really what grabbed me immediately. And like you said, the, the dimension of like not only like fly, like driving, but also flying. I mean, that was just crazy. And I have always been a huge, especially when I was really new to the game, but I still am now. I've always just been a huge fan of demos. I think it's so fun to hey, be to, careful. Dude, you I think some angry so, people. <laughs> I know. I know they get angry. But I, I I mean I have to be honest. That is satisfying. I like the fact that this makes you angry. It's like a I don't know. It's it I always just found it funny, you know. And I'm not well, I mean, it's, like, I it's like, like the mental game in sports. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if you know that you're better than somebody right. and you style on them, yes, and they get upset and you you can see on their face that they they know they got beat. Yep. And if they if they lose their temper, there is honestly nothing funnier. Like I, I agree with that because that's the <laughs> yeah. way I was with sports too. Like if I know I I would honestly play worse just to make them upset yeah. if it would. Yeah, like well, you know when I'm and there's a strategic advantage to this, but I think there is with demos as well as long as you're you know not just ignoring the rest of the game. Yeah, we don't want to go far too far into trolling. Yeah, but but you know when I'm playing basketball and I know you're right-handed, I'm guarding the right side to force you left because it makes you angry. It's uncomfortable. And, you know, it's a similar idea there where it's like, in my in my head, it's always like a two for one. Like, it's strategically beneficial to remove a player from the field for three seconds. It's just bonus that you're going to get tilted and start making poor decisions, you know? Right. So, um, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think, like you mentioned, Rocket League, it's, it's just a fantastic game that is so good at capturing attention immediately. And then that seemingly never-ending skill ceiling is is just... You know, I think it's what holds you there, that that feeling of progress and, you know, pride in the fact that you have worked and you've had to work hard to see progress because it's definitely not an easy game. It seems like one of those where it's like it's either going to immediately hook somebody and grab them for good or you're just probably not going to like it because it's pretty difficult. Yeah, and that's probably the first thing people will say that, that don't get into it. The people that are immediately like, no, nah, this isn't for me. I'm pretty sure the number one complaint is like, no, nah, this is too hard. It's too hard. Or other yeah. people are too good, in, yeah. implying that is, they're not good enough. You know, I mean, fair enough. Fair. Some fair people enough. want it, that easy. The ball rolls in front of them. Press A to dunk it. You know, yeah. Press A to shoot it in the top corner. And they, they want to feel like they did something. Mm -hmm. It's like, nah, man, you pressed one button. Like, that's, that's not the fulfillment I want. When I'm playing a game, because <laughs> gaming is, is a massive hobby for me already. Yeah, because it's I'm I'm a bit of a reserved person. I was definitely a reserved kid. I didn't I wasn't bouncing off the walls. I had very very good patience. <laughs> yeah, um, which has completely deteriorated over the years as social media has existed. Um, I'm probably more patient as a kid than I am now. Yeah, but uh, all, all the actions happening up here. I'm I'm constantly thinking. The brain cells are bouncing off the walls. Right, but right, I, right. I'm 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 stone cold. I'm calm. <laughs> so gaming was a way for me to vent that energy sure and i could think about stuff and yeah. it just wasn't enough for a, for a game to be too easy i definitely yeah. for whatever reason strayed towards the path of being like a gaming elitist where like games have to be hard if a game right. is too easy it's a bad game i'm not gonna play it because i don't feel challenged and yeah. um you know like when, when dark souls first came out 
God, yeah. I love that series because I like challenge in, in what I do. Um, and I think that really applies to just life in general. I don't, I don't like it when things are too easy. Um, I'm definitely a, a lazy person, but in a way that I'm going to try to make things as easy as possible for me, but I don't like being in easy circumstances where things are just handed to me. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely drawn to competition, drawn to, to earning what I have and drawn to working for what I have. And that struggle into success to persevere through that, that is rewarding. That That is That's really right. the, the dopamine hit yeah. for me. It's not actually achieving the thing. It's like getting to the end and knowing that I didn't give up. Yeah. That's what I care about. Yeah. I love that, man. That's, um, I am finding that right there with running and exercising and trying to take care of my body. It's a very similar thing. It's not like I'm not aiming at this one specific, you know, running distance or running time. It's more about yeah, like, not like, I'm going to be shredded. And it's yeah, all you're thinking yeah, exactly. about. You it's know, more about that's that a journey. horrible pitfall. Yeah. Um, so gaming, obviously a huge part of your life. What are some other interests that you have outside of gaming and esports uh, that you could share with us? All right, it was good chatting. I gotta go. Uh, no, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> no. Um, that honestly though has been a little bit of a struggle um, for me trying to figure out what I really want to invest my time into. Because yeah. to be honest, outside of Rocket League, what I wanted to invest my time into were other games that are just as deep. Yeah. And it, eventually, I think it led me to realize I kind of need to invest in something that's going to get me outside. That's going to get me sure. active. Um, I actually really do enjoy music quite a bit. Okay. Um, I have played with instruments here or there. I mean, I used to take lessons in high school for guitar. Um, I'm trying to be a little more self-taught now. I'm still terrible. Don't get me wrong. But I, I really do enjoy music. Um, I love listening and paying attention to like the music theory and songs. I don't really listen to very like mainstream stuff. I am sure. definitely have a weird, not weird, but not super popular taste in music. But yeah. I really think that's just because I, I, I really like to pay attention what i'm listening to um and I, I get in like that weird mood where i'll listen to a genre that may not fit what i'm doing and if i find a song in that genre i'll just listen to it like a hundred times in a yeah row yeah for like two days straight yeah. until i can't listen to it anymore and i just do that for the next song in the list and if if you had to like live with me it would be a nightmare if i had <laughs> if you could like hear what was playing all the time because it would just be the, the same song on repeat for 48 hours like two weeks in a row yeah um so I'm, I'm definitely a little bit, a little bit weird like that, where that that's how I enjoy music. But I really like to analyze it, break it down, look at every single layer that's going on. And there are certain songs that I really like, but it's only for one part, or it's only mm -hmm. like I, I'm tuning out the rest of it and just listening to like the melody or just listening to um, the notes that are happening underneath the vocals. Yeah. Right? Um, music is probably something where if I wasn't in school for computer science, I would honestly debate. Like going to school for music yeah. um like understanding music theory being able to produce music maybe not like with an instrument i'd probably have to also develop the skill i definitely don't have a talent for playing um which you would think i would have like the finger dexterity with like a controller and you know keyboard mouse and all that yeah. nope i am uh, i will try to hit a note and it will not <laughs> ring properly and then i'll miss a string and then i'll throw the pick somewhere because i'm mad um <laughs> it's not it's not good it, it i definitely am not talented in that regard yeah. but I'm very passionate about it. It's a lot of fun and it's it's a good emotional release as well. Everyone oh, can connect to music, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, just got done talking with Spuda for last week and we talked about music and we talked a lot about how like powerful it is regarding emotion and 
you know, memories or feelings at a certain time. And, you know, you mentioned while you were talking about it, how, you know, you'll, you'll get into a certain mood because of something going on in real life. And then that, you know, you start to listen to that kind of music or, or even try to like, if you're in a bad mood, you try to lift yourself up out of that with some, you know, upbeat music or whatever. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I love music as well. I probably do have a little bit more of a mainstream style, uh, taste than you do, but um, I definitely understand what you're getting at as far as like analyzing it and, and, and diving into it deeper than just hearing it. Um, I'm, I'm really big into hip hop music and I think there's a lot of layers to that that like a lot of times people don't really dive into and yeah, I feel like I have learned a lot from it. So I, I totally can understand where you're coming from with that. What about um, any movies or shows or anime or anything like that? Um, I'm not that picky when it comes to entertainment of the movie show variety. Yeah. I'm not a big TV watcher. Um, I'm mainly just shows and movies. Um, I mean, the only thing I will not watch that I absolutely hate is the horror genre. Okay. Like jump scares. Yeah. I'm thinking like, um, oh, what are, what are all the, the classic cheesy ones? Oh, I forget. Um, like Scream, like, or... like Insidious, or yeah, okay. yeah, stuff like that. Just like it, it's just not scary, and all they have is cheap jump scares. There's no sure. like thought behind it. Now, thrillers are different; they're way different, and those are the ones that make you think they've got you on your toes the whole time, but they're they're not. They're <laughs> it's like they got the string; they're they're ready to pull, yeah. and they, they they they're holding it taut, like for for like thirty <laughs> yeah. minutes. Like I might do it. And the whole time, for 25 minutes, you're like, oh, God, are they going to do it? And then they don't. And then right when you think you're fine, that's when they do it. Yeah. Like, um, I think one of the movies that really captured, I was talking with someone about this when it came out, um, A Quiet Place, the difference between a thriller and horror. Yeah. Um, just, like, riding that line of suspense without, without breaking it, without diving yeah. in and saying, the suspense is over, we have now entered the scary part. Yeah. It, you got to wait for the right moment where everything lines up, where it just it, everything has to be scary now because of the way the plot has gone. Mm -hmm. um, that's what makes me appreciate scary things in movies. Yeah, and because I'll, I'll just go to like a, a a horror movie, a classic horror movie near like October or something, and I'm just not having a good time. Like it's not that I'm scared; I'm actually just bored yeah. out of my mind. Uh, but I'm still getting jump scared, so it's just annoying now. Now I'm like <laughs> I'm jumping, I'm jumping, I'm see like oh, you know, piano <laughs> yeah. goes off, yeah. um, but I'm just not having fun um but like absolutely love the typical marvel stuff i mean i, I actually really like mainstream movies i really yeah. want to go see oppenheimer i know that came out on like friday or something i'm very excited for that not gonna go see barbie okay. um maybe i will i don't know i know it, the, those two movies are even though they're complete opposite ends oh, of no. the spectrum in my opinion they're like both really in talks right now mm -hmm. um i'm of the opinion dc comics needs to get their movies together yeah Flash was not that opinion. great. Um, the TV show Flash was better than the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And I have seen both. Um, for shows, though, I mean, it's really just, like, the sci-fi stuff, if it's going to be, like, not anime. Mm -hmm. And if it's anime, I really only like the, um, the genre where the main character is, like, up against all odds, but he's just got, like, lots of gusto and the power sure. of friendship and just sure. overcomes the, the bad guy for no reason. Uh, yeah, I um, like that stuff, too. Yeah, so I'm waiting. Like, my favorite one is definitely Black Clover. 
That's my that's my show. I've been oh waiting a long goodness. time for that to come out. I can't I can't watch it. I cannot hear freaking Asta screaming. I just wish he would talk. <laughs> if he would just speak normal, then I would watch it. I've tried three times, three separate occasions. I've tried to force myself to watch it because I've got friends that are like, dude, if you can just make it through, he gets better, and the show is crazy. But I cannot deal does, with it. He, he just does. he just won't talk. Why won't he talk? He screams. Because he's he's just that passionate about <laughs> it's about too much the struggles that he has. <laughs> it it was a lot even for me. Even though I actually enjoy stuff like that, it was still a lot for me. Where I was like, man, I need to I need to get through this. But eventually, I realized I was just focusing on him. Even though he's the main character, I was focusing on him too much. And if I transferred my attention to all the supporting characters, yeah, that was where I I managed to get through the show. And that's where I realized that show is much more than just its main character and its main yeah. villain, which is a lot of other shows. And the reason why they kind of fall off like in the middle is it's just like a singular dynamic. There's no layers going right. on. There's no side plots. Yeah. There's no intertwined plots. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it really helped that the first anime I ever watched it recommended was Death Note. That's like the mm. surefire way. Get someone into anime, make them watch Death Note. That so one is good. great. And that really does a good job of having the main character uh, main villain main hero doing a very good job battling each other but there's so much else going mm -hmm. on yeah. that it, it gets you thinking um i still hate how every single show on planet earth that's an anime ends on a cliffhanger um yeah. like watching jojo was so difficult for me because it was just oh this is about to happen and they're just to be continued yeah. you're like oh, what, yeah what are they doing every time they, they had the worst cliffhangers ever um but what I think what really makes me enjoy anime a lot more than live action TV is just you can tell the creators have a theme they want to go with and there's no like limits yes. on where, where That's they can it. put something. If they have a That's stupid it. idea in their head and like some people just can't act it out the way someone can draw it out and do yes. something super silly that makes absolutely no sense. That's it. But it makes sense. That's it. And you get it. It doesn't yep. make sense, but you get it, right? That happens so much more in anime than in live action TV for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I say that all the time. Like the only you know, the only limits or confines is just their imagination. You know, they can take it wherever they want. Um I'm a huge anime fan and and that's pretty much the only media there that I consume at this point outside of like Twitch, YouTube stuff just to keep up with the space. But I did want to touch on this and tell a quick story because you mentioned horror. And I don't know if this is specifically horror or what, but when I was in sixth grade, um, me and my buddy, we were going on a double date to go to the movies. And we were going to so go see Exorcism of Emily Rose. Have you seen it? Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I haven't seen it, but yeah. Familiar I, with I, it, yeah. I remember all the trailers. So I am not a brave individual. I am a baby. Okay. <laughs> And I'm okay with that. I just, you know, I am what I am. Yeah. My imagination will go wild. All right. And so, like, if I'm by myself, you know, even now I'm grown. And I hear something at night that I'm not supposed to hear. The wheels are turning. What's going on? Is somebody, you know, I'm freaking out. So, I'm in sixth grade. Maybe seventh, I don't know. But middle school area. Junior high. We go... And I'm not, I promise this is a true story. I promise. It sounds ridiculous. We're not 15, 20 minutes into the movie. My friend, my guy friend, calls his mom, bounces. He's out. He's like, pick me up. I'm scared. He's Get gone. me out of here. He's gone. So it's me. And, oh, the, and it's a double date, it's right? A, yes. So he leaves. <laughs> oh. 
It was and so we were, we were all friends. So like her, you know, my girlfriend at the time and her, we were all buddies. But we stayed. And dude, I was terrified, petrified. I slept with my parents for over a month. And from that moment forward, yeah. I never watched any scary movie. I have never played a horror game. I have skipped out on haunted house after haunted house, all my friends. And they're, you know, I mean, I'm in college and we go home for the summer. So I'm, you know, 20 years old and my friends, they all go hit up the haunted house. I'm like, yo, I'll hold your stuff. I'm not going in. <laughs> I cannot no, do the it. The haunted house is, is a bit much. I think Dude, they, even, it, even that show, that's where people like might get in your space and yeah, they, yeah, what definitely. you were saying with your imagination running wild. I get that. No, I definitely, I definitely had I can't do like it, that. man. When it's I was a, younger, like if you have a creative imagination and you just you can't tell your brain to stop thinking about it, you'll think I about can't. something else. And you're like, I'll think about something random, like a banana. And oh, the banana is a demon in your mind. It just morphs <laughs> into a demon right in your brain. You're like, oh my God, I can't escape. <laughs> yeah. It is ridiculous stuff like that too. It's just, I was traumatized and, you know, there's really just nothing I could do about it. And I've accepted it and I'm cool with it. And, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, exorcism of, exorcism of Emily Rose ruined me for, for, for life. Maybe I just never found that one movie that really scared me yeah. in my senses. Yeah, that's what it was. Or, or maybe seen, you... I, to, I need to go back and revisit. Or maybe you were more responsible and didn't watch ridiculously scary movies when you're like It, it would have been harder for me because my parents, again, the age rating thing. Yeah. Like, oh, rated E for everyone in gaming? Well, what about uh, TV TV 14? Are you 14 yet, son? Like, no, but <laughs> can I go to the movies? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm going to we're going to go see um we're going to go see like Kung Fu Panda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again? Yeah, yeah, again. And, you know. See that but else. but I <clears throat> I think now as an adult I may have appreciated that because Kung Fu Panda would not have given me nightmares. <laughs> At least I don't well, think. Kung Fu Panda is actually a go to movie. All right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I've yeah. seen that movie at least four times. So let me ask, uh, you said you said you Black Clover. What are some of your, uh, like a top three favorite anime? Um, Hunter x Hunter. Okay. Was the one that made me realize I like it when the anime has like a supernatural theme to it where there, there are regular people. It's set in like a real-ish universe, but there are mm -hmm. people that are, that are special yeah, and they're yeah. like, superpowered and then there's tears within those special people yeah right? that is kind of a main concept for a lot of things yeah in in very popular anime right now but that was the show that made me realize oh i like stuff like this mm -hmm. it was hunter x hunter and then um i watched a few other shows like sword art online but i didn't really stay into that one a whole lot honestly yeah. it was cool for a bit but it, i kept feeling like it was it was they kept throwing like gaming things in my face and i'm like i'm already a really big gamer like this is almost <laughs> too much for me yeah. um <clears throat> tokyo ghoul was surprisingly mm. interesting to me um i had to come back to watch that i got about halfway through and it's definitely got like some it's kind of gross at times like sure. the guy who did the sound effects for that show did way too good of a job and it kind of <laughs> unsettles me yeah uh, <laughs> i actually really struggled liking attack on titan believe it or not okay um it took me so many episodes it's almost like the thing you have with with Asta where he's just screaming so much and you hate it yeah. it was like that but with armin i'm like armin is such a crybaby he's sure, whining sure. about everything like just grow up you're <laughs> you're in the army come on it's what so are you doing funny. so funny how one character man. could just disgust you and ruin the show 
Yeah. So I had to get over Armin and Attack on Titan to start really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, but top three is probably 300x100. Two, Jujutsu Kaisen is making Ooh. this insane rise yes. to the top of my list. That's yes. been amazing. I saw the movie twice in the same day. Um, and then, yeah, Black Clover. Got to be number one. Yeah. I'll have to, um, I'll eventually have to give it another try and I'll, I'll try to deploy your strategy of, you know, focusing on things other than Asta. Or maybe I'll just, maybe you never know. Maybe I'll just subtitles and just mute it. <laughs> I'll just read it. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the dubbed voice actor yells less, uh, maybe. and you could just switch it back later. I yeah. don't know. Are you, your, your subtitles? Subs. Yeah, or? subs. I, okay, I okay, find, good. um, and I think it is like, um, I think whenever it is in my native language, it feels more cheesy because of yeah, some of the, bit. like, you know, over-exaggerations and, and just, like, dramatics of it all. But when it's, um, when it's in Japanese, it just sounds so much more serious and so much more cool. And so I, I've always been able to, like, um, engage or, like, dive in a little bit more deeply and sincerely with, um, with subbed. Yeah, that that's the way I am too. Like you just relate to the characters better because it doesn't yeah. it doesn't sound it doesn't sound you, cheesy. I think the the only show I ever watched dubbed was my first anime ever, so I could get into it. Yeah, and it was Death Note, and that sub is actually or that that dub is actually really good. Yeah, a lot Note. of um, I've it, heard a lot of people like, say that the um and and I I can't say if that this is like what it is for me or not, but I've heard a lot of people say that the voice acting is usually better with um, the sub version than rather than the dub i i i agree with that i, I can definitely like the intensity is a little higher i feel yeah. like yeah. but again this is like you're not you don't actually i because i don't know the language same that's so what i think as well maybe the emphasis on certain words isn't there and a native speaker yeah. but this is way off yes but i i can't tell for to me it's same. just everything is I, I think also the way the voices are done on a per character basis where there's a lot of distinction between the characters and so you'll have a scene where a character is like, oh yeah, I saved the day and it's just them. And then someone will yell like off camera, like, oh my God, this is happening. And, but you know what that, you know who that character is immediately in right. your brain because right. it's, it's distinct, it's unique. Yeah. And that just immerses you in the show even more. Yeah, I think so too. But I, I can't ever tell because, because like you said, it, it may just be like, because I don't fully know the language, it's easier. I, I don't know. Either hey, way. Ignorance is bliss. All I'm saying is right, don't learn, yeah. just don't learn it. That's right. Um, <laughs> Don't ruin it. So we'll we'll dive into this one last topic before we get, finish up here. <clears throat> Proud moments or accomplishments. This is something that I um, I love bringing up in these shows. I think that especially in this online space, um, it's difficult to celebrate your wins and be proud of things because it's very unfortunately I think it's very common and um, well it's just very common for people to tr and maybe they're not even trying to do this but belittle it or. You know, it's just, I think it's just hard to celebrate and, and be proud of, of different things. So I like to focus on this. What are some, some proud moments or accomplishments in your life? And it doesn't have to be gaming or career related. It could be whatever. Uh, what are some things that you will remain proud of as you uh, grow into your old age? I think the number one thing, and I've realized this is a pattern in my life. Uh, and I'm not necessarily liking that it, it is a pattern, but the way I handle it. Um, and it's definitely a lesson that I'm, I'm trying to learn as soon as I can, because, you know, 25 is not, it's not that old. 
right. but it's not like I'm getting any younger. <laughs> I'd like to get my head on straight and feel like I have it figured out by 30, which is not going to happen. I'm going to try to figure it out by 40, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the biggest thing is being able to get back up when things don't go the way you plan them to. Yeah. I'm a huge planner. I freak out when things don't go the way I wanted them to. I am the type of person who overthinks everything. And so I go, okay, I want to do this. What are the 8,000 different options and the ways it could go? And I'll think about all of them so that I'm prepared. I don't like being unprepared. Yeah. And sometimes life just says, nope, it's, you think it's going to go this way and it's just not. Uh, that's what happened in season one. We thought we were going to be playing with a certain roster and then turns out, nope, we're playing with a substitute and you got one month to play and figure it out. And the expectation is still going to be for you guys to be the best team at the land. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not like our peers. Our peers are definitely like, oh, this this team is going to really struggle. But to the generic fan base, we were infallible. So the, all the pressure and expectation is on us, even though we are not supposed to really, we're not the favorites, really, yeah. realistically. And that was really crushing um, for me. I've, I did not sleep the night before my flight. I was almost in tears telling people like I I, we're just going there to lose. It's just going to be humiliating. Yeah. I missed my flight to go to season one that they had paid for because I was late because I was apprehensive and nervous. I'm like, I almost subconsciously didn't want to go. Yeah. And I, so I was late and I, I, I had to pay for a flight there in the airport so that I could make it. Um, and we ended up winning and everything was fine. And the biggest thing was just like, I wanted to quit and because I was scared. But I didn't. I still went. I, I We still put in all the practice, even though we knew we had a substitute and we knew it would be difficult. We said, we're no matter how difficult it gets, we're just going to do our best. Once I got there, once I got in uh, like where the land was happening, I immediately like, turned into a different person. I said, I'm just going to fake it. Yeah. I don't feel great, but I'm just going to fake it. I'm going to say everything's fine. I'm going to continue to... like We did VOD reviews in my hotel room both days that we were there. Um, I had I had VODs pulled up on my laptop. Like no one else was really thinking about this at the time. Um, but I was like, we're just we're gonna have a game plan. We're gonna go into it and we're gonna have each other's back. Yeah. And I I tried to act as confident as I could, even though really deep down it was difficult to do that. And it, it worked out. And that was really the moment where I'm like, okay, if anything is bad, you can get through it. Yeah. And so after we win worlds, we immediately dropped to like seventh place. After we just signed with G2, we just got G2 into Rocket League, and then we just completely throw it away. Yeah. And it, I, I have to do the rebuild season three, Mirazo JNAPS. And then we, we, we choked that. And that's largely my fault. Um, and trying to keep that together and finally getting the breakthrough in season four E-League DreamHack. That's like the breakthrough, all of this perseverance, all this work yeah. is finally coming back around. And then season five, six, again, huge downturn. I'm doing terribly. Now I go to Rogue, and now it's time to make that bounce back. It's time to persevere and, and just get through this, figure out what's happening, and try just try my best. Yep. And that's where we get top four. So it, my my career is very, very up and down, but I'm very much like that in life sometimes as well, where I have some really, really bad weeks where I just I set myself back so far, like mentally or like physically, like I just skip the gym for like yeah. a week straight. And it's hard for me to get into these regular habits. I'm very much like, 100% energy focus, 0% energy focus. And yeah. it's just, it's not healthy. It's not the right way to do things. And it's taken a lot of time to identify why I do that mm -hmm. and to build 
my environment to cater towards having a more stable approach to the way I, I feel about everything. Yeah. Um, so just the perseverance of, of getting through, even when a day feels like a 0% day, yeah. just get through it um, and work towards like being proud of yourself, knowing that you, you can get through anything. Um, and, you know, having friends to rely on and people to talk to is really important for that as well. So trying to keep those social connections open with people. So you have someone to turn to when you do have a 0% day. Because I used yeah. to not have really yeah. have anybody to turn to. And that was that was a big mistake. And that's something that I have to own up to that. And I have to I have to work on that to give myself options to be okay. So just perseverance, I think, is is a core skill that I'm going to have to work on my whole life. <laughs> and yeah. it's going to apply to everything I do. Dude. Very well said. I love that so much. I think that's a great way to close things out. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me today. It was a lot of fun to hear about you, Crow. That's going to be it for this week's episode of Outside the Grind. We will catch you next time.